Welcome to the final Sunday of the year and the final Healthy Matter of 2020. Healthy Matters has been there for you for the last more than a decade. Dr. David Hilden, your host, and uh, it's just been an honor and a pleasure, Dr. Hilden, to be your co-host since October of this year. Boy, the time has flown. It has flown. Good morning, Rashini. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, it's our last show of uh, of 2020, and it's the last show of our 12th season on the air. So I'm really excited about that. It was uh, I was minding my own business back in late 2008 when uh, we when we launched this show, and I was uh, uh, seeing patients at the hospital, which I of course still do. But we decided to launch this show back in late 2008, and the first show launched in the first Sunday of January 2009. Which, and so I'm, it's been a it's been a privilege to be with tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of listeners um, over the years, millions over the years actually, and to talk about your health and and what's on your mind. And this show is only possible. Um, because of you, the listeners, who are out there listening to our shows, who are asking questions, who are calling, who are texting, and who are putting up with me and my stories of my broken ankles when I'm running and all that kind of stuff. So it's been great to be with you, everybody. Thank you for listening to our shows, and we look forward to next year. And Rashini, it's good to have you on the show with us as well, and I look forward to going into 2021. And today, we're going to just end the year with your questions, listeners. So whatever is on your mind about any topic, it might be COVID. You know, there's a little little pandemic going on. But it might be about something else. might be about something else, too. So whatever is on your mind, that's what we're going to talk about today. Well, what's so amazing and remarkable is that we learn a lot every time you're on, whether you have a guest and we go deep on a particular topic or open lines like today where people can call in or text in. Again, our number is 651-989-9226 about the questions they have. And I learn right along with them. And it's amazing your breadth of knowledge. You know, I guess in the, in the medical practice that you've developed over the years, that's sort of been what you've needed to do, right? It has. Um, you know, they say going to medical school is like learning another language, that you learn many thousands of new words. And, and so that that part happened. But what's really, um, I think what's helped me out over the years is just a, a very broad practice of, uh, of internal medicine. That's what I do. I'm internal medicine. And so I see patients in the clinic, but in, in, the, in the hospital as well. And I think that's why um, why medical training might be so long, is that it comes with experience. You learn after seeing patients, and so uh, that's what I what I try to do is bring some of that experience to to the listeners' questions. I also think, though, that the doctor who thinks he or she knows everything is the doctor you want to get rid of. <laughs> you always want to make sure that that your doctor is willing to say, well, you know, I'm not sure, I'm not sure about that, but I'll find out for you. So that's uh, I try to do that on the show as well. Let's let's hope I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I, I try to always tell people when I'm not exactly sure about the answer, because uh, I think that humility part has got to be part of medicine as well. Um, absolutely. Be, yeah. Well, absolutely. And you, your friends at Hennepin Healthcare who uh, put this show on, who started it, like you say, January 2009, 
it's wonderful for News Talk 830 WCCO to have been your partners all of these years. And it's also our role as a radio station and now a digital company. You can find Healthy Matters on radio.com also. Uh, it is our role to be a disseminator and to be a source of vital information. So it's wonderful when this partnership can uh, bring so much great information to people. We already have some texts coming in. And before we go to break here, Dr. Hilden, why don't we get to at least one of them? I know that COVID will be a hot topic today, but it is open lines. Dr. Hilden will take your questions on all topics, 651-989-9226. Call us, text us. This person says, I've heard that if you have a cold virus and get tested for COVID, the test may be positive even though you don't have COVID because the COVID test cannot distinguish between a cold virus, pneumonia virus, or other similar virus. Is this true? No, that's not true. The the caveat to that is that there are lots of different coronaviruses. People maybe aren't aware of that. Um, is we've known about coronavirus for years. It's a family of viruses that it's been around as long as I've been practicing. But this, the 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 virus that causes COVID is a new variant of that that developed last year. And so it is, um, at least early on, it was possible that people were getting confused that, oh my goodness, I have coronavirus when I don't, when what your test was finding was one of the old versions of it. The test that they do is called a PCR, polymerase chain reaction. That looks for the genetic material of the actual virus. I mean, it, it looks for the virus itself. And so it is highly accurate. It doesn't mean that it's perfect. Uh, you know, no test is perfect. So it can miss some or it can be falsely positive with some. But in general, it's not going to find your common cold. It's not going to mistake for influenza. Those things don't occur um, at all. It's quite specific to the, the COVID virus. All right. So all of our phone lines are full. Let's take a break early. As soon as we get back, we'll go to David and Woodbury. But we've got the phone lines open. It's open lines today for Dr. Hilden. 651-989-9226. We are back on Healthy Matters. Rashini Rajkumar with you, along with your host, Dr. David Hilton of Hennepin Healthcare. Phone lines have lit up, 651-989-9226. And as I promised, uh, we'll go to David and Woodbury first. Today, we for sure will get to you if you call us. We will try to get to you if you text us. Hi, David. Yes, good morning, and thank you for taking my call. Hi, uh, Dr. Hilden, my wife woke up a week ago now. Today is day seven with a nasty vertigo. Um, We have been to PT twice. Uh, Every 48 hours, they suggested that we come in. Uh, She went through some treatment there. But today, again, we aren't a a lot better. Uh, She has been bothered with ocular migraines uh, in the past. And and, uh, that is, I think, part of this, my own diagnosis. But nevertheless, uh, we're wondering if seven days here is is unusual as this morning we're kind of a C plus and not really over it as such. We were supposed to fly this week and head down uh, doing a little snowbird thing and wondering about that. Well, thank you, uh, um, David, for that. You know, seven days is um, not out of the question for vertigo. It can go for a couple or three weeks, actually. Now, you are right. There are there are other causes. Um, the ocular migraines are a very interesting thought. It could well be that many people with migraines don't even get a headache. 
a lot do, but many just get visual or, or dizziness disturbances. So that's a possibility. The most common type of vertigo is benign positional paroxysmal vertigo, PPPV, which means benign, it's not cancerous. Positional, it's, it, it relates to the, the position of your body in space, your head. In other words, when it's worse with movement. Paroxysmal means it's sudden. And so um, that one is due to an inner ear disturbance. And that can come and go many times in a given day. Many times, comes and goes, comes and goes, comes and goes. And that can do that for a couple or three weeks. What I suggest for that is seeing an audiologist. An audiologist can do a, 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 an exam of your inner ear and even do some maneuvers to try to help. The PT is a good idea as well, but I would recommend an audiologist. As for traveling, um, it might be a rough flight for your wife, but um, it shouldn't be dangerous. And so try some meclizine, try some ginger. Ginger is a pretty decent kind of thing for that, for nausea at least. And, uh, and, and, and I hope her flight goes okay. But the, the one week is not out of the question too long. If it doesn't go away in a couple, three weeks, she needs some imaging of her head, like a scan of her head. But um, I, I think you can, you can wait a little bit for that. Well, what a sweet husband to call in. Ken is on the line from White Bear Lake. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, and thank you. Uh, I saw on television a dermatologist that advertised that he could cure skin cancer without surgery. I was wondering if Dr. Hill would do anything about that procedure. Well, it, it is possible um, to do to treat skin cancers with non-surgical techniques. Now, not knowing what kind you have or where it is or how advanced it is, I can't really say specifically. But some ways to cure skin cancers are to cut them out surgically. Some of them are they can freeze them. Some of them they can use other kinds of uh, topical ointments. Uh, it all depends if this is one of the dangerous kind, which is melanoma, which can spread to other parts of your body, or is this one of the less dangerous kind, like squamous cell or basal cell carcinomas? Those latter two, the less dangerous kind, can be treated by lots of different ways. Um, so uh, without knowing more specifics, I can't tell you more than that. But yes, it is possible to treat skin cancers a variety of different ways. All right. Anne from South Minneapolis, what do you have for us this morning? I was uh, sick last month. I uh, sneezed all night, and my sinuses were plugged. I slept for three days, and then I sat with no energy for a week. If I had the virus, I'm well now. I'm 91. I wonder if it's okay to get the vaccine, or could that reactivate it if I really had COVID already? And it wouldn't reactivate it, so you're okay there. Uh, the symptoms you described aren't are not typical for COVID. Now that being said, I could be wrong because there's a whole bunch of stuff we don't know about COVID, and it can show up in different ways. But nasal congestion and sinus problems are not the most common um, cause symptoms of COVID. It's more of a shortness of breath, muscle aches, fever. That's the more the more common symptoms. But if you did have COVID, it would still be okay to get the vaccine because that's not how the vaccine works. It doesn't inject a virus into you. It doesn't inject even a part of a virus into you. What the vaccine does is gives your body the recipe for making a small little protein that tricks your body into thinking you had it. And that's how it works. So it would be perfectly safe. And I would strongly encourage you to get the vaccine when 
then it's your turn, which hopefully will be just in the next few weeks or perhaps a month or two. Um, so I would, I would for sure get the vaccine. You're listening to Healthy Matters on WCCO Radio. Dr. Hilden's taking questions today on our open line show. We have lots of texts coming in, several calls. I promise we will get to your call. We will try to get to your text. The number for both, 651-989-9226. Frank has been waiting patiently in St. Paul. Good morning, Frank. Hi, good morning. Uh, you just answered my first question about that sinus problem. So my other question is, is there a timeline when we're going to see the results of these vaccinations? I mean, in in the country, uh, how long will it take or how many doses will it take to uh, see the slowdown in, in the virus? Thank you. Yeah, I wish I had the answer to that because I have the same question you do, Frank. Uh, I um, It just is going to take time. We already know some things because... We're not just giving this vaccine to the first people this week. What we're doing is giving it to the 40,000th person because 40,000 people already received the Pfizer and another roughly 40,000 already received the Moderna. So if you're getting the vaccine in this first group of people or in the next month, they're not testing it on you. They've already tested it. And so we know already that it's safe. We also already know that it, that it leads to um, antibodies in your body. In other words, it's effective at doing what it should do in the short term. What we don't know is how, how it lasts over time. And so the only way to know that is literally to wait for that time. So with every month or, or six months that passes, we will know more and more. But how long does that immunity last? I don't think we're going to know that for six months or a year or two years, which is uh, going to be a lot. They're going to have to keep studying it over time. But when will we know it's safe to go back to the world? That is a whole different question. And um, we're hoping that 70 to 80 to 90 percent of people will get the vaccine. If that happens, life will return to something resembling normal. If not enough people get the vaccine, this pandemic will last longer. It's almost a certainty. So if people don't get the vaccine, count on this lasting longer. If enough people get the vaccine, it will end sooner. So that, that, that's about what we know right now, Frank. All right, let's try to get this uh, text in quickly before break, Dr. Hilden. Please address blood clots and COVID. I know of someone who was recovering from COVID, feeling quite good, then developed pains in his legs, died a few days later of a stroke. For some reason, the, the blood vessels get inflamed in COVID, and it does lead to a higher risk of blood clots. We don't know exactly all of the ins and outs of that, but if you get COVID and you're in the hospital, we will treat you with blood thinners at a little higher level to prevent just this. It's an example that COVID isn't just a lung infection. It's not just a cold. It's not just the flu. People get heart problems. They get blood clot problems. And sometimes with people who are succumbing to COVID or are having lots of complications are having things like this. So if you have COVID and are in the hospital, we will take that into account and put you on blood thinners. Um, but it's just one of those things that we're having to learn more and more about. But that's a real, uh, real consideration is blood clots. All right, we have lots of texts. We have several callers on the line. We do need to take a break. Open lines with Dr. David Hilden today on Healthy Matters. You've got another half hour. Give us a call. I promise I'll get to our calls. 651-989-9226. You can also text us on that number. Keep your text as short as possible so it doesn't spill over onto two or three lines. Easier for me to find and read, and we will try to get to those texts. We'll be right back. 
We are back on Healthy Matters. Rashini Rajkumar with you, along with your host, Dr. David Hilden of Hennepin Healthcare. We're going to go right back to the phone lines, Doc, because there are so many calls coming in. Bill is on the line from St. Croix Falls. Good morning, Bill. Morning. Yeah, yeah. I'm waiting to get out and feed my cattle. I got 130 head of cattle, and people focus on their aches and pains when they retire. I got. Uh, uh, I've already had breakfast. I was up at four o'clock. I get up early and go until dark. I got a website, and I, I heat my house and my shop with wood. I got the wood start going here, and I'm waiting to go out and start the one in my shop and feed my cattle. The, the problem I've got neuropathy, like I say, and. And when I sit down 15, 20 minutes, I can't stand it. I get, as soon as I get out there, I have uh, no pain. I can feel nothing. I'm out there working uh, all day, and uh, like I said, I get in here at night, probably get done at 9 o'clock doing my website. Uh, so, yeah, get off your duff and uh, quit focusing on your aches and pains. I, I know a lot of people can't do that. It's, overactivity is a lot better than inactivity. You know what? You know what? That's good advice. Well, you know, and first of all, thanks for what you're doing. Uh, you know, you're getting up at 4 a.m. And, and have over 100 head of cattle and working on the farm. And 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 you talked about a neuropathy. You talked about you know uh, uh, a discomfort or a numbness or a pain in your legs that gets better with activity. And your advice is as good as anything I can give. Activity is what the body needs. And so sometimes, if you have aches and pains, and it's not catastrophic. I mean, if you can't get up off the chair, go see your doctor. But if you have aches and pains and a little soreness in your legs and it gets better with activity, my advice is the same as yours. Act, be active, get out there, do your life. Because um, as, as there's an old phrase I heard from a fitness instructor friend of my wife's, it's motion is the lotion. And so in, in many cases, movement is better than being sedentary. So if I, I'll second your advice, Bill. All right, Linda is on the line. Hi, Linda from Apple Valley. Hi, um, good morning, Dr. Hilton. Um, my question is once I get the uh, immunization for COVID or anyone else does, then are they still able to be a carrier to someone else? Um, and I assume all of these people with the immunizations just if for nothing else, need to still wear the mask because of the government guidelines and recommendations, but is that necessary as well? Yes, it is still necessary. So I got my vaccine a little over a week ago, and I'm happily, I never had a symptom. It worked great. Um, uh, and I still wear a mask, even all, always in my life, always when I'm outside my house. Um, uh, the, the, to answer your first question, we're not sure how transmissible it is in a vaccinated person. Now, that might surprise people um, to know that you can be vaccinated and be protected from getting sick yourself, but maybe still carry it. The reason is this. This vaccine, um, uh, the virus starts in your nose. That's where it starts. And it's possible that you could inhale some of that virus. It's sitting in the mucosal, the surfaces of your nose. And your body is protecting you from that becoming a problem throughout your body, but there's still a couple viruses just sitting in your nose that you are then breathing and sneezing and coughing out onto others. So it is at least possible that a vaccinated person can still pass it on. 
we think, the medical community thinks that's highly unlikely. And that is going to be, that's what we're counting on, to be honest, is that it's highly unlikely that a vaccinated person can pass it on. But it's not impossible. And so it is still important for all of us, until 70 to 80 or more percent of the population is vaccinated, that all of us wear our masks. So vaccinated people still need to wear their mask until we hit that, that level in the community when at least three-fourths of the community is vaccinated, hopefully by this spring. All right. You can call Dr. Hilden today, 651-989-9226. That number is also good for the text line. But I'll be honest, folks, we've got dozens of texts here. Call in if you want to make sure you get your question answered. Sue is on the line from Egan. Good morning, Sue. Good morning. Uh, I have You kind of answered one question for me. I'm sitting here waiting for the last two days of my quarantine. I had a very very light case of COVID in a fever for one day, and I proactively made an appointment for a test. It came back positive. So I'm wondering if when I'm through this quarantine, I know I have to still wear a mask, but do I need a vaccination if I've already had it? Yes, if you're... um if you're sure you had it with a positive test and you had symptoms and, and it sounds like that's the case with you, where what we're asking, you do need a vaccine. You do need it, but maybe not right away. Um, the, and the reason is this. Um, we, like we talked about earlier, we don't know how long this vaccine lasts or we don't know how long natural immunity lasts. In other words, the people who got sick, some of them maybe got just a little bitty dose of the virus. Some of them maybe got a massive dose of the virus. It doesn't lead to the same immune response. So just because you had it doesn't mean that you um, are fully protected forever. We don't know how long you're safe. You might be safe for a month, six months, your whole life. We just don't know. So yes, you should get a vaccine even if you had COVID um, this year. That being said, we are asking people who have had COVID to wait a few months, mostly because there's just not enough vaccine initially to go around and let others that don't ha- haven't had it, let them get it first. But yes, you should get your vaccine eventually, hopefully this spring. Dr. Hilden, here's a great question from the text line, and then I'll go back to the phones. Dan says this, I know my vaccine rank is 1C, but I don't know what to do next with this info. Do I walk into Walgreens and do they put my name down and then call me when I'm up for the vaccine? Yeah, we're going to need to wait for guidance from uh, MDH, Minnesota Department of Health, on that that because they're, they're still working through the first batch. My my prediction is that there will be guidance that is a little bit more specific um, comes out from the Minnesota Department of Health in the coming weeks. Right now, there's just so much um, logistics trying to get it out to this very first wave that there we haven't heard specific uh, um, about how you get it. We have heard that the retail pharmacies like Walgreens and CVS are going to be going out to nursing homes. We know how healthcare workers are getting it. And we've been given some preliminary guidance that the next wave of vaccines are going to go to frontline workers that are not medical professionals and older adults, age 75 and older, regardless of where you live. So I think we'll have to look for more guidance in, in exactly how you do that. But it probably will be, yeah, you go to your pharmacy and you'd show that you're in one of those groups and you get it. But that's all the specifics I have um, right now. All right, Doc. All phone lines are full. Let's try to get to a couple before we have to go to break. Jennifer is on the line from South Minneapolis. Good morning, Jennifer. 
Good morning. I have a question again about the COVID vaccine. Um, is it safe to have the vaccine if you have had a Tdap vaccination within the past 14 days? We are asking people who have had any other vaccine within the 14 days to wait. Now, you can get it 15 days later. Um, the Tdap is the tetanus diphtheria whooping cough vaccine. And so just because we need to monitor for potential side effects. And that vaccine actually causes all kinds of sore arm and the like. So if you've had any other vaccine in the last 14 days, wait to get your COVID vaccine. Or if you are going to get a vaccine in the next 14 days. So you just want to make sure that you haven't had any other vaccine within two weeks. But you should be good to go in 14 days plus one and get your COVID vaccine. All right, let's get to Bonnie calling in from Cortland. I think that's right. Hi, Bonnie. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Don't ever give up this program because it's of value to everyone. I have a question for a friend of mine who has restless leg syndrome and wondering, is there any help for that syndrome? Hey, Bonnie, thanks for the kind words. We hope to keep doing the show long into the future, so I appreciate you listening and for the kind words. Restless legs are where you're lying in bed and you just can't get comfortable. Your legs hurt, your limbs hurt, and the only thing that helps is to move them. So people are thrashing around in bed like a fish in out of water, and, and they're, they're walking around their house, and what they're not doing is sleeping. So it's a really big issue. First of all, I would make sure you don't have any other problems, any other neurologic problems, any other kind of vitamin deficiencies like B12 deficiency, anemia, iron deficiency, things like that. So get some basic blood tests. Um, and if, if that's not getting you anywhere, perhaps go to a sleep center and get a sleep study because they can come up with a diagnosis as well. There are medications to try. Um, there are sedating medications, there's muscle relaxing medications, there's some medications that neurologists use. So if you go to a sleep center or a neurologist with an N, they can maybe help you out with things that are helpful. I do have to say, many listeners on the show over the years have said a teaspoon of mustard might help those leg cramps, and that, but that is not an accepted thing for restless leg syndrome, but it certainly wouldn't hurt. You might want to try that. But I would go see uh, a sleep expert and a neurologist to get, um, to get some of the approved treatments for it. Okay, we have a lot of texts. Many of them are about COVID. Uh, so let me try to give you one that sort of covers uh, a lot of, uh, well, let's take this one. When the vaccine is ready for senior citizens age 65 and older, how will that process work? Yeah, that'll probably be in the next few months, and it will be similar to what we're experiencing now with those that are 75 and older. By that point, it should be where the vaccine is widely available at your clinic, at your hospitals, at the retail pharmacies. And at that point, it, when it's for 65-year-olds, it will likely be a situation where your clinic, if you have a primary care doctor, your clinic will be able to give you your vaccines or you'll, they'll direct you to a retail place to do it. So my guess is that, and it is a little bit of a guess, is that clinics will reach out to their patient population and say, hey, we've got it, come in now, or here's what we recommend. If you don't have a primary care clinic, I would just keep a tabs on the Minnesota Department of Health, and they will probably be directing you to retail locations uh, to do that. All right, Doc, real quickly before we go to break, Patty says this, I'm really trying to find an answer if the C vaccine is safe if I have had Guillain-Barre. Yeah, um, thank you. Uh, um, 
uh, Rashini, for that because um, Guillain-Barre syndrome is uh, a, neuro- a neuropathy that it can occur rarely, but it does occur with the flu vaccine. And so the, this is not the flu vaccine, but you should still tell your uh, whoever's giving it to you that you've had it in the past. Uh, we're not sure what to make of that. It's rare, but it does occur. So if you've had Guillain-Barre syndrome, um, please do tell whoever's giving you the vaccine. Okay, we have to go to break. We, when we come back, we just have a few minutes with Dr. Hilden. So get your call in, 651-989-9226, and we'll do a jingle bell round with all these texts. All right, a very valuable six and a half minutes here to get your question in with Dr. David Hilden. I ask our callers to please keep your questions tight so that we can get to as many of you as possible. Sharon is on the line from Stanchfield. Hi, Sharon. I don't have a question, but for the lady that has vertigo, I recommend a chiropractor. My chiropractor has helped immensely with my vertigo. Great tip. Thanks, Sharon. Um, yeah, you know, chiropractors can do a lot of stuff with your body position and your spine and the like. That might be worth a try. Yeah, it did sound like that gentleman, though, said, I thought he said she went. And so they were still having some issues. Shirley is on the line for Minnetonka. Hi, Shirley. Hi. Yes, I have two questions, and thank you both. Um, I had a HA shot for my both my knees, and I had such a severe reaction. My knees, my th- my uh, calves, my feet. I was I am just swollen, and um, also if you could talk about rosacea, and I will hang up if that's okay and listen. Thanks, Shirley. Um, so HA, I believe you're referring to hyaluronic acid. Um, this is a, an injection of a viscous material that is intended to help arthritis pain. Um, I don't know of too many complications of that. It is not a widely um, accepted treatment by most in the medical community. I'm not saying it's harmful, but it also um, is not well known if it's helpful. So um, if your legs are, so all I can say for that is go back to the person who did it. Say, hey, I'm having a complication. My knees are swollen up because the thing I worry about is not the hyaluronic acid. It's probably very safe. What I'm worried about is infection. Anytime you stick a needle through your skin, through your muscles, into your joints, it can get infected and that's a big deal. So if you have a fever, a red, hot, swollen knee, you need to go into an urgent care or an emergency department if you have that. That's dangerous. As um, for your rosacea, that is a condition that can be treated with lots of different medications. It leads to that kind of red, ruddy complexion on the face, sometimes on the nose. Um, A dermatologist has lots of topical uh, treatments and other treatments that can be done that are not even medicines, not even drugs. So see a a, a dermatologist for that. There's some pretty good treatments for rosacea. All right. Dave is on the line from Brooklyn Park. Good morning, Dave. Hi. Uh, My question is, um, as far as uh, I run a small business and we're essential workers and we've been out a lot throughout the and luckily none of us have gotten uh, the virus. Uh, the question is about when those type of workers will be up for immunization. Is it just going to be on ages or is it going to be on uh, on that particular issue of if you're frontline or you're essential workers? Yeah, Dave, in Minnesota, I do believe that they're going to do a two-prong approach, and that means adults at 75 years and older, regardless of where you live, 
and frontline workers. Now, the, the, the zillion dollar question is, who's a frontline worker? Because it, it amounts to tens of millions of people. Is it people who deliver the mail? Is it your UPS worker? Is it someone who's at a grocery store? Um, and so those who, who is in that group isn't known yet, to, at least to me. And so stay tuned to the Minnesota Department of Health. Um, frontline workers are essential to the, uh, to the functioning of the economy. So there's a, a huge argument to be made for getting your people vaccinated soon so that we can get things back to normal. Um, everybody should have one within the next few months. That one, I'm, I think, is going to happen. But, uh, but so just stay tuned because I don't know exactly what your business is or what they do, and I'm not the one making the decision. But stay tuned to the Minnesota Department of Health. But I think many, many frontline workers will be getting this vaccine in the next month or two. All right, let's do our jingle bell round, try to get through all of these texts. I don't know that we'll hit all of them, but many. This person says, how safe is it to play outside, skate, sled, build a snowman with your grandchildren during COVID? That's one of the safer things you can do. And so um, I would not be right up hugging and kissing your grandkids um, at this point, even outside. So don't do that. But can you be outside skating and sledding and doing all that? I would say, yep, I think that's a relatively, relatively safe thing to do. Just keep your distance a little bit. All right. One person says, um, I have relatives who may not take the first vaccine because of the new technology used to develop it. They've heard that other vaccines that are still... Uh, out there uh, possibly have long-term side effects? We, um, I wouldn't share that concern, but I, I want to recognize that everybody's at different comfort levels, and so we're not going to be jabbing people's arms against their will. However, this vaccine does not inject COVID into your arm. It does not change your DNA or your genetic material. It has been shown to be safe in many tens of thousands of people, and it has been shown to be effective. And, and frankly, we're going to have this pandemic for as long as people aren't vaccinated. So this thing's going to be around in 2024, folks, if we don't get vaccinated. So while we recognize that people have different comfort levels, that's okay to have a different comfort level. You don't have to do it right away. But I would encourage people to get the vaccine. Um, uh, it is a new technology, but it is, it is um, best we can tell, it's as safe as a thing as the human scientists have been able to come up with. So I readily got mine, and I encourage you to as well. Can vitamin D be absorbed when we are under layers of winter clothing? No. Uh, you, need, um, you need exposed skin. Um, and that's why people in Minnesota are largely vitamin D deficient. That is a real thing. So get some skin exposed to the sun 15 or 20 minutes a few times per week. Can cortisone be given for arthritis in the lower back? Yes. Um, you can go to someone who's an interventional pain specialist. We have great ones at Hennepin Healthcare, and I'm sure your healthcare system does as well. They can do injections to really help out with back pain. It's not a cure, but it can relieve you of some of your discomfort. All right. Well, we have so many texts, and I really want to give you a moment to share how people can reach you off air. Dr. Hilden. Thanks a lot, Rashini, and thanks for all of your great texts and, and questions. And, and uh, you can, I would encourage you to follow me on Twitter. It's Dr. David Hilden, the Dr. for Doctor. It happens to be my initials, but I think it stands for Doctor. Dr. David <laughs> Hilden at Twitter. My middle name is with an R. That's awesome. Dr. David Hilden at Twitter, Twitter, or go to myhealthymatters.org. That's the blog site, myhealthymatters.org. And Dr. Hilden and I will be back next Sunday, same time, same bat place, uh, from 7 to 8 a.m. Another open line show. So if you didn't get your question asked today, call us next week. Meantime, Happy New Year. Bring it in safe and in a healthy way.